Hey there, this is Ben Sanders, lead pastor of Revelation. We are so honored that you've tuned in to our podcast today. Even if you're not a part of our Revelation family here in Frisco, Texas, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search for Revelation Frisco on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also go to revelationfrisco.church to get to know us a little bit better and even plan a visit. It is my prayer today that this message brings you one step closer to Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, Revelation. All right. So we are in the month of December, and it's that race to Christmas Day. Anybody got any traditions that you guys normally have in the, um, for the holidays? Anything? Sleep. Okay. Uh, food. Uh, one, one, one thing that I like to do, uh, and my, my kids know it, every, every Christmas Eve, um, the Christmas story is playing all day long. I love that movie. Don't turn it off. I don't care. It's a marathon. Don't touch the remote. That's my, that, that's, that's my movie. That, I, I love it. My kids say, uh, Dad, you've seen this movie about 20 times. Hey, you got your thing. I got mine. I love that. I love that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, and we, we're getting ready to have one at my job, gift exchanges. You know, uh, ladies, you guys are getting ready to have one this evening. Uh, uh, gift exchanges. And one thing, especially if you have kids, one thing that is so disturbing is when you pour your heart and 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 into finding that good gift, and they don't appreciate it. I remember uh, one time um, when I think my oldest daughter, she was in her teens, and you know they get caught up in you know the whole. Uh, having everything else like what, what people have in school. And it was the blue gammas for uh, Jordans. It was the new Jordans. And I was just like, I know this girl. Don't expect me to stand in line for some $200 Jordan pair of shoes. What did I do? We went to store after store after store and then finally found the right size, the uh, uh, I, I actually couldn't believe it. They actually had one more pair. I was like, okay, all right, so we're getting somewhere. We stood in line for at, at least about a good 45 minutes to an hour. And we finally get up there, pay for the shoes. I'm excited to wrap the gift because I'm thinking, oh, when, when she opens that and she knows that she got the Jordans in her hands, how exciting that's going to be. So everybody else is, you know, uh, we pull out, you know, you pull out the, the, the small gifts, you know, when they're kids. And then that, that one big gift, you, you, you pull it out. And the, the, the shape of the box, she knew it. She, she started ripping it up and her face was just like, oh, they got me the Jordans. They, they got it for me. Two days later, you know, when the, when the hype is all gone, where I, I see one pair of shoe right there, the other shoe over there. Uh, I think she was playing some type of sport. I don't know if it was basketball, uh, but the shoes were dirty. And, and so how does that make you feel when you say, you know what? I went out of my way 
and they can't even appreciate the gift. I want to remind you that there is a gift that sits in front of you on a daily basis. It's unwrapped already. It's called redemption. What is redemption? Redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, and evil. In other words, save after church, before, matter of fact, before you even got out in, out in that hallway, somebody came up to you and said, um, show me your biggest debt. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is, I don't care how high it is, show me your biggest debt and I'll pay it off for you. It could be a house, it could be a car, student loans. I know student loans are sky high. How would you feel? Oh, y'all wouldn't have no reaction. <laughs> y'all would just be like, oh, I, I, I don't have it. You would be running around. You'd be crying. You'd be oh, just overjoyed. Well, that's the debt that I'm talking about. And this started in the book of Genesis. And what you will learn is when God created man, he gave dominion over the earth. And later on in chapter 3, you will find out when Adam and Eve sinned against God, it caused them to be independent from God. He, in fact, sold out his life and all the generations that followed him into Satan's control and ownership. God gave him dominion over the whole earth. But the moment that he sinned, his authority, he gave to the enemy. This, this act alone brought mankind into bondage, bondage to himself, bondage to Satan, bondage to sin, and to the law of nature. Man became a slave to his own desires, weaknesses, and the taskmaster of the slavery was Satan. Jesus is our ransom. I'm going to read a few scriptures here, and I just want you to follow me. If you're taking notes, uh, that's great. This will be encouraging as you go uh, throughout the week. And I'm going to start with um, Mark chapter 10, verses, verse 35. Uh, I, I tend to read in the, the Amplified version. I like the King James, but I like the, the Amplified as well. And it says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption, because of his sacrifice resulting in forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sins penalty. The word redemption in the New Testament means to purchase in a slave market. You and I were in the slave market. We were bound to sin. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 says, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. 
For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. His grace. Nothing that you did. His grace. So what does that mean? That means that you should never turn your nose up at somebody else. Because if the God ever decides to shine the spotlight on you, it's his grace and his mercy. Anytime that we come into the house of God, we ought to be glad. Scripture says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That is our time to lift up hands. I, I, I know it's, it's good that we have donuts. It's good that we have uh, coffee. But like I said in the first service, don't get that twisted. This is not Netflix and chill. We are here to magnify and lift up the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 So Jesus entered the scene in history with one great purpose in mind, to buy back mankind from the enemy and to set us free into the kingdom of God. And the price that he paid for us was with his own life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God and that you are not your own, but you're his property. He bought you back. Amen. He bought you back. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. For he has rescued us and has drawn us unto himself from the dominion of darkness. Thank you, Lord. And has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. 14. In whom we have, there's that word, redemption. Because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness and, and of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. I'm here to tell you this morning that you've been delivered from the power of darkness and transported into the, into the kingdom of his love. I'm reminded of a song that says, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, God's love lifted me. What did that love look like? That love was, looked bloody, nailed to a cross, thorns smashed into his head, stripes beaten, spit on. Love, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love, thank you, Lord, lifted me. Romans chapter 3, 23 and 24. Since all have sinned and, come and continually fall short of the glory of God, all have sinned. I might not know what you did, but God knows. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. You know what that feels like when, when you come short of the glory of God. When you, when you struggle with something. 
And it's like, ah, oh, Lord, uh, you know, forgive me, forgive me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That person that's smoking, that smells like smoke, that person that comes in here smelling like alcohol, all have sinned. Remember where you were. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 24, and are being justified, declared free of guilt of sin, made acceptable to God and granted eternal life. As a gift, there's that word, as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through the redemption, the payment of our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus. So there is no guilt, no shame at all. It's all been put on the cross with Jesus where where he hung there for us. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. And I'm going to read just a few scriptures here, dig a little deeper. Romans chapter 6, verse 6, and I'm going to read it through 14. We know that our self, our human nature, without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him. In order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we'd no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Look at somebody and tell them you're free. You guys are a little bit too quiet for me. Look at somebody else because that person is a little, they, you know, they're catching up. They're a little bit sleepy. So tell that somebody else and tell them you're free. Verse 9, because we know the self-evident truth that Christ having been raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Verse 11, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him, Jesus Christ. 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to new life, and your members, all, ability, all abilities sanctified, set apart as instruments in righteousness yielded to God. 14, for sin will no longer be a master over you, since you are not under the law, but under unmerited grace and recipients of God's favor and mercy. That, in, that ver- in that verse 6, that, uh, in verse 6, that word, when it says to know, in the King James Version, it says knowing. That word knowing here in Greek is genosko. Genosko, which means to learn, to know, 
to get knowledge of, to become, in other words, a personal experience, intimacy. It's all about relationship, all about it. It's up to you to carry the story. The traditions that I was talking about earlier, it's up to you to carry the story of redemption, of what he did on the cross for us. So we must know firsthand knowledge. Sin shall not have dominion over us, and that is a promise when you walk upright before the Lord. Because we are not under the law, but we are under God's grace, sin no longer has dominion over us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption. That is our deliverance and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with, his, with the riches of his grace. Not according to how hard you try not to sin, but according to the riches of God's unmerited favor, God's grace. So it's up to you, as I said, to remind others of the gift. This week, this past Friday, I was at work and someone that works with me pulled me into the office and said, hey, I heard that you were a Christian and I can kind of tell that you, you from the, the things that you say, your mannerisms, uh, you go to church, don't you? Yes, yes I, yes, I go to church. Well, I want to tell you something. I walked away from church. I walked away from God. I don't know how this is going to make you feel, but uh, I feel like God doesn't love me. I said, why do you feel like that? He said, as a kid, I watched my mother Grow, I, I watched my mother be strung out on drugs. I watched my mother, uh, who raised me, uh, was, she was an alcoholic. Later on in my teen, teenage years, I watched my mother be used by different people. You know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I watched her get deeper into crack, cocaine, other drugs, strung out. He said, if that didn't hurt me enough, I witnessed, somebody told me that my mother was found dead. If that didn't hurt even more, we went looking for her and we found her body on the train track. He said, so how do I come back from that? It's up to you to carry the story of redemption. I told this man, I told him, I said, there's a room at the cross for you. Isaiah 53, 5 in it. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, which means the act of scolding or punishment, of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. There's a reason he and I are working together. Because it's up to you to carry on the story of the cross. I was able to witness to him and we were able to have prayer right in the office. That was an opportunity to show him that God still loves you. God still cares about you. God still, he's still thinking about you. I'm still thinking about you. I've already, I know what you've done, but I'm still thinking about you. Said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, that rope that Pastor Ben talked about, to give you an expected end. He said, it didn't say that I thought about you. It said that I think. That means I'm still thinking about you. Though you may have fallen short, I'm still thinking about you. Though you may be caught up in some other things that nobody else knows about, I'm still thinking about you. It's the reason that we have, that it's the reason that why he he hung on the cross. Why he suffered for us and died. Why he was nailed, beaten, torn apart, flesh ripped from him. He didn't deserve it. But he hung there just because he loved us. Just because he thought enough about us to hang there. They buried him. But he got up. He got up. I said he got up. That's why we praise him. That's why we lift him up. That's why we magnify his name. Because he got up. Just for me. Just for me. As many times as we let him down, he got up. Just. Just for me. As many times as we said his name in vain, as many times as we turn our backs on him, he got up. Just for me. Just. He seen my broken heart years ago. He got up. I thank God for the cross. I thank God for every strike that was upon your back. One lash for cancer. One lash for aborted babies. One lash for sickness. One lash for broken hearts. He did it just for us. Don't forget the gift. Don't forget the gift. Don't forget the gift. He did it for us. The least we can do is lift our hands and praise him. The least we can do is come in here and say, hallelujah. I praise you for what you've done. 
I magnify you. I glorify you. With all my heart, I praise you. When nobody else feels like it, I'll praise you. When nobody else wants to lift you up, I'll praise you. Because I know what you did for me. At my lowest, I know what you did for me. Said if I make my bed in hell, you're still with me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the story of redemption. Redemption.